Yeah. That's right, that's right. Bringing back the old intro. Some of you remember that. Felt like the right time for it. This is Chris Nelson. You're listening to Imagination live on Spreaker and also live on Facebook Live. And I love Spreaker.com. I love all the podcasts out there. It's the home base of this show and has been since 2012. And just love it. Love being on Spreaker. You can also hear this show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, all over the internet. And if you like the show, go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. If you love it or if you hate it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's awesome to be here. And it is April 8th, 2020. And let me tell you something. A resurrection is coming. A resurrection is coming. It is right around the corner, and I know it's coming. And, you know, I wanted to share something, but, you know, I'm a little bit, eh, but, uh, you know, I want to say something. Um, Twelve weeks ago, God gave me a prophetic word. He told me that there was a breakthrough coming on the week of April 20th. Now, this is way before any of this virus stuff started or anything like that. This is, I I didn't even, I didn't even heard of it. This was back in January, but God gave me a prophetic word that the week of April 20th, that, 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 a breakthrough is going to happen. And I thought it was in my life because I, I typically only think about myself, but I didn't think that it could be something something bigger than that but i feel that breakthrough is coming and you know this week easy to forget especially if you get caught up in what all's going on around us and for people listening to this podcast down the road we've got a virus that's broken out that has killed some people and um everybody has kind of gotten in this this fear over it, over catching it, and it's kind of driving the whole narrative of like the entire world right now. But there is something that happened like 2,000 years ago that we celebrate that this week. And it's the most important event in human history, and it is the death and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, today is Passover. And that is back in the Old Testament. See, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. It, even, even when I was a Christian, I didn't really, I didn't know all this stuff. But that Passover is a Jewish holiday that was celebrated when the Jews were coming out of Egypt, when God was going to bring them out of Egypt. He sent an angel of death to kill all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. It was the final plague that was, there was a series of plagues that God brought upon the Egyptians. Um, he was trying to get them to let his people go, and Moses was going to lead them out into the promised land. So God sent these plagues, and the last one was the angel of death coming. And the reason the holiday is called Passover is because they would kill a lamb. 
God said if they kill the lamb and then smeared the lamb's blood across the top of their door, that the angel of death would not visit them. He would know who they are. And then many, many years later, like 3,000 years later or 2,000, I don't know, but Jesus came and Jesus is the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice that his blood now prevents the angel of death from visiting upon all of us because Jesus conquered hell and he conquered death and he conquered Satan. And now he sits to the right hand of the throne of God and whoever believes in him will live forever. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but it sure as heck is true. And yeah, I know it really does. It sounds crazy. You think, I mean, it, I mean, eternity is kind of programmed into all of our heads. I believe that. I mean, you just look at the obsession with wanting to live forever that you see. But there's a reason for that. Because God, because we are made to live forever. And God gave us a free choice. And he gave us the perfect gift of his son. And this happened. This is what we're celebrating this week. And right now... I believe that our country, not only our country, our world, and I know there are people that listen to this podcast around the world. I do a lot of American-centric things because I live in America. I live in Florida. But I don't think about the fact that there are people that listen to this podcast all over the world. And what's cool is this brings us together, being on the internet, and and then even, gee whiz, this global... um, Global virus is bringing the world together in a way and not really in a good way to begin with, but it can become a good way. And Jesus didn't just come and die for the United States of America. He died for everybody, for the whole world. So everybody from the lowliest of the lowliest in the eyes of the world to the greatest of the greatest, those wonderful people that we worship and we think are so cool, actors and musicians. Oh man, they're the coolest people on earth. Yeah. And uh, boy, they're doing all these little videos from their home and stuff. And man, that's just so cool. I just think they're all so cool, you know, doing all those videos, man. That's just, it's so deeply inspirational to me seeing all these beloved celebrities in their humble homes talking about not being able to do their nails and stuff. It's like, oh, really? But the main thing is that this does, there is a way we that this brings us together and Jesus did not just die for the United States of America. I think that sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the idea that because we have the Constitution, because we have rights in America that other countries don't have, and because there's wealth in America, even though the country's in a crap load of debt, um, that God kind of came for America, or Jesus came for America, and that there's kind of like a privileged thing there. But that's that's far far from the truth. So, you know, so on Good Friday, we celebrate the, well, we talked, Jesus was crucified. And then three days later, now I don't know why Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't know why we celebrate it two days later. I really don't. But Jesus was in the ground, was dead and buried for three days. And then he rose from the dead on the third day. 
and now is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and he died for everybody. So now we have that perfect sacrifice for our sins. So your sins, my sins, can be totally and completely forgiven and wiped out. And I definitely see that there is going to be a resurrection. This is going to be resurrection week. There is going to be a massive revival, renewal in the whole world. It is coming. I believe it in my heart of hearts. And I believe that, and we even see it now, that these projections that they've made, that they said in America, 1.5 to 2 million people were going to die from the virus. Now it's down to 60,000. So either God's doing a miracle or they don't know what they're talking about. And I believe it's probably both. But right now, people just, it seems like there's a lot of just talking about bad, 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 or it's the end of the world. Let's get ready. The end of the world's coming. But I don't think that it's here yet. It will come. There's a fascination with the apocalypse and the end of the world. And, you know, there's a beautiful pink moon outside right now. And uh, it might be a sign of the end times. There's certainly things that look like it's coming soon. I mean, it's for a while. The Just the fact that everybody's connected together. The gospel shared almost everywhere now. I believe it's this year, 2020, that Rick Warren... His um, project of getting the gospel to everywhere in the world and reaching every last tribe, it was supposed to finish this year. Israel is a country again. The Jews are back on the promised land. There's a lot of signs that Jesus is coming back soon, but I don't want to get too wrapped up in apocalyptic things because, you know, I know I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Thank God I'm not dead yet. Last year I came close because of the extreme depression that I got myself into and that that I found myself in. And I want to talk about my my favorite biblical character um, is Jonah. And I was looking at this because I was looking at Jesus and I was looking at what he said and about the crucifixion and the resurrection. And then the Holy Spirit brought me back to Jonah because Jesus said when people asked him for a sign, they, he said, you will not get a sign. They said, teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. I wonder why he said adulterous. That's interesting. But the only sign I will give them is a sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So there's this parallel between Jesus and Jonah. And Jonah Jonah ran away from God. Jonah wasn't this perfect guy. And I don't know about you, but do you do you ever compare yourself to people? 
Um, I tend to compare myself to people and think that, you know, this person is perfect and man, I, I really wish, you know, God must like them more. Uh, I look at pastors and I look at people that I want to be more like, and I'm like, man, you know, they, they seem really perfect. Well, they're not perfect. They've had their struggles. They've had their battles. And a lot of them have overcome a lot of battles and had consistency and, you know, paid the price to be where they are. And I like what uh, what Jordan Peterson says. Compare, don't compare yourself to where somebody else is today. Compare yourself to where you were yesterday. And um, I just love, I love the most jacked up characters in the Bible that were rebellious and had a little bit of problems to, to deal with. And Jonah's just great. And... I love what happened here with Jonah. God tried to send him to Nineveh, and he said, Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. And Nineveh is present-day Mosul in Iraq, where uh, where ISIS was headquartered. It's interesting. But, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And... It just reminds me, last year, I try, I ran from God. I ran from my wife. I ran from my friends. I got in my car, and uh, I didn't know where I was going. I just wanted to get away. I just wanted to get away from everything. I mean, I was in Bible school. I was doing everything that I thought was right, but nothing was making me happy. Uh, I was just relying on things to make me happy, and just nothing was making me happy. I was still just stuck in in misery, and uh, I ran. I got in my car, and I took off, and um, was headed back to Pennsylvania, and um, somehow I ended up getting stuck in Orlando, and through a whole series of events, God brought me back down to South Florida and put me in a place where I could get back connected with him for a while and get straightened out and then miraculously put me back with my wife even though I definitely didn't deserve that but God is good and he does miracles he absolutely does miracles and this is what happened Jonah ran away he tried to get away from God and what happened was this time Jonah was sound. Uh, okay, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods to help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold, so the captain went after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. So what does that remind you of? You know, what that reminded me of was when Jesus calmed the storm. This is when Jesus was on a boat and it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. 
So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. And what happened in Jonah was that he said to them, hey, it's my God that's upset. Just throw me overboard. Just throw me overboard said, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Throw me overboard. He wanted to die. He was, Jonah had a little bit of a suicidal bent. And uh, this comes up later on in the book. But he threw, they threw him into the sea and then the storm became calm. And this is exactly the same way that Jesus was it calm the sea, that God has the power over the elements to calm the sea, to slow down the wind, to end the storm. So, man, have you ever before said, you know, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Just throw me overboard. I'm the one to blame. This is my fault. Let's let's just end it. Let's just end it right here. They didn't want to do it right then, but then then they did. And then but God actually sent the fish to swallow up Jonah to protect him. And he was in the fish for 3 days and 3 nights, just like Jesus was in the ground for 3 days and 3 nights. And then while he was inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord from inside the fish and he said, "I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down into the heart of the sea." The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. So it's like it's like a foxhole prayer. I mean, it sounds like there, it sounds like Jonah is just, he's saying, look, I messed up, but God, this time I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'll go out there and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. 
And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. And the beach sounds really nice right now, but if I go down there, then the Broward County Sheriff will find me $500 for going on the beach, um, which is illegal now in uh, Fort Lauderdale. But At that point, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. And this time, Jonah obeyed and he went to Nineveh. But he still had a problem, though. He didn't want to see that anything good happened to the Ninevites. He wanted to see them die. He wanted to see them suffer. He was angry at them because they had done something to him. He was just angry at them. He didn't want to help them. He didn't want to... He didn't want to see God show his mercy to them. I mean, and then he says that even that even he knew that God was merciful and just, and he didn't want to go and see them healed. He didn't want to see them better. I don't know, am I the only one? But have you ever just been angry at the world? Or just angry at a group of people? And blame them for your for how you feel. And just angry that maybe people don't see things from your point of view. But you know what? God used Jesus and what Jesus did later to bring a message to the Gentiles. See, God cared about the Gentiles at this point, which is the Ninevites, the non-Jews. And he, he wanted to bring his message to them. And uh, But Jonah didn't want to. He didn't want to see them get better. He wanted to see them um, be destroyed. And um, they were doing some pretty bad things. and uh, But have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt kind of like an, an anger at just the way the world was going? And kind of like a, you know what, God, you didn't just deal with all these people the way they're acting. They're acting ridiculous. And uh, in my opinion, they don't deserve your grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the things I've done, <laughs> but in my opinion, they don't deserve your grace, so I'd rather them not hear about you. And what happened when Jonah got there is he shouted what God told him to, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. There's always something about 40 days. There's 40 days in the wilderness with Jesus, 40 days with, with uh, Moses up on, up on the mountain with God. And... Uh, but when the Ninevites heard it, they they turned away from their evil, what they were doing, and they came to God. They turned they turned away. They repented, and they they didn't even ask any questions. They just immediately, they just right away, they repented, and they all came to God. And Jonah wasn't too happy about it. And this is the part where I can really, really relate. Because sometimes, believe it or not, I can be a pretty rotten human being. And uh, you know, I'm glad there are some people in the Bible that God uses that were kind of a little bit rotten. 
Because what happens next is that God does not destroy the people. See, Jonah was, he was content to go and sit under a tree and watch the Ninevites be, die a slow, horrible death. And, um, he was gonna, you know, sip lemonade and, um, sit back and he was gonna watch, he was gonna watch and enjoy every minute of it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not what happened. And then chapter four, what, what he says is this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? Lord, that's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn your back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive for if what I predicted will not happen. I mean, have you ever seen how things worked out? I mean, he's angry at God for being compassionate and merciful. Have you ever been angry at God for being compassionate and merciful towards people that you didn't think deserved it? Maybe somebody that uh, their lifestyle wasn't something you agreed with. Maybe somebody that tattoos all over them. Maybe somebody who is doing something that you found particularly disgusting. And you're like, how you're angry at God for having mercy on them. And then maybe you don't even want to share Jesus with them because if they're in heaven with you, then it's not going to be heaven. You don't want them around or just. Am I the only one that's felt like that sometimes? Okay, here, here's confession time. I admit it. I admit it. And what happened next? So after that, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? And then Jonah went onto the east side of the city and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. See, he's getting ready to, he wants to watch fire and brimstone come out. He wants to see Sodom and Gomorrah here. Then the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. That reminds me, it's like, then Chris provided, or God provided a wonderful beach for Chris. So he could just sit back, and this eased his discomfort. But then God arranged for a virus to come. And the next morning, the beach was shut down by the government. And then Chris couldn't sit on the beach. And he was very, very upset. And then Chris exclaimed, Death is certainly better than living without the beach. And then God said to Chris, Is it right for you to be angry because you can't go on the beach? Yes, Chris said back, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the beach, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it will go quickly. But Fort Lauderdale, I mean Nineveh, has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. 
Not to mention all the animals. See, God cares about animals, too. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? I changed a little bit of the uh, verbiage there. God talks through scripture. If you ask him to, you don't, if, if you ask God to speak to you, he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you right here. And he'll show you. He'll show you you in here. And there's a world filled with people in spiritual darkness. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times I can't see outside my own sphere. I can't see past the thing that I love that and the things that have happened that that inconvenience me to see all around is a world or are people you know people it talks about the 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 fish immediately obeyed God and spit up Jonah i mean the the fish the whole world everything in the world obeys God directly except human beings And I know I've been forced to see lately the things, the comforts, the things that I love in my life that greatly, greatly supersede my love for any of the people around me. Just being real. And all these things around, they're going to go. The beach is going to go. There will be the apocalypse one day for all you guys that are just dying to see the world come to a crashing end and mushroom clouds everywhere and the news media that's just, that just giddily reports every bad story and every death and every everything and every hurricane and uh, conflict between countries and just, just all the people that just can't, they're just dying and itching for the end of the world to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. Everything. Don't worry. It will come. Um, but everything around is just fading away. The only thing that will last for eternity are human souls. So my challenge to myself and to you is to look at the people around that need Jesus and that this is this resurrection week. This week is the perfect time to tell people that you never could have told before and would be too busy with basketball or football or swimming in the ocean or whatever um, they do for leisure, playing golf, whatever we're not allowed to do anymore now. Um, It's the perfect time because they're listening now. This is a time, this is like Nineveh. This is like a time when Nineveh, somehow, something happened with Nineveh where they were open to the message of God. They were listening at that point. And um, it doesn't say... Uh, in Jonah what happened at that time but their ears were open they, they something happened there 
maybe a virus was going around, but something happened there in Nineveh that they were open to something different. And God put Jonah there right at that time to share his love, share God's love with them. Now is God at this time, did God, are you in, is, are you, I say you are put here for such a time as this. And when people are now asking, well, what's, what's going on? How are, what are we going to do? What's, and there's, there's a chance to have people's attention right now. People are listening that wouldn't have listened before. And especially this week be the perfect time to share what we call the gospel, but is the good news. And that's that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. So now we can be forgiven. We're let off the hook for all the running from God we've done, all the bad things we've done to our families, all the people we've let down. Um, We're forgiven from that. He took that. And we can just by putting our faith and trust in him, can have an eternal home in heaven when all this craziness around us called living on earth is over. This is Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.